Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi, everyone. This is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. And today I'm thrilled to have Zach Stern, who's a co-founder at Official. He was earlier working with Rose Cliff Ventures. Uh, the firm had over a billion dollars in assets under management and uh, operates multiple investment strategies, including credit, venture capital, and private equity. Uh, Zach was also a founder of O-Ventures, and Zach uh, is a graduate of NYU Stern. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, you know, what, what got you interested into startups? You've been part of a syndicate, and uh, you also launched uh, uh, your startup. What What is the background? What got you excited into startups? Yeah, ever since I was younger, I always knew that I wanted to do something in the startup space. Uh, I was a little kid and I would sit with my dad watching the stock tickers kind of on the bottom of the screen. And it was something that always interested me. And growing up, it, it was something that I knew that I always wanted to be a part of. I thought of finance in general as being able to put your hand in so many different cookie jars because you were able to touch so many different industries. And that really carried through my life and brought me to venture capital because you could really see anything from jetpacks to cancer research to kind of everything in between. And it really allowed you to see everything in the world. And that's kind of what brought me into that field to start. Oh, nice. And so, you know, uh, what made you start official? Uh, what are the problems that you saw, which, which made you, you know, look at official, starting official? Yeah. So official is my first startup. The basic premise are, there's a bunch of apps out there to help you find someone. There's none to help you keep the person you're with. So we really started official after I saw this pain point in my personal life, which was I had a notes tab about my girlfriend at the time. I had a separate one about her family. I had an Instagram save folder to really save information about places we wanted to go. I had another one about gifts. We had photos shared across different apps. And I realized all this information was kind of segmented and it wasn't really correlated with each other. I couldn't search it. I couldn't book anything. So I wanted to almost create a CRM for the relationship and bring all of that data to one place, as well as allow couples to kind of have a social media aspect that's not purely focused on the individual, but focused on the collective. Got it. And uh, do you think Tinder uh, has been able to you know, solve the problem of uh, two people connecting to each other, you know, in, in earlier times, you would uh, uh, end up uh, meeting somebody from your same town or, or neighborhood or a city. But do you think apps like Official and Tinder, oh, uh, you know, uh, does, it, does it really solve the problem of, you know, uh, connecting people or does it give too many options to people where, uh, you know, uh, there's not a deeper connection happening between uh, between two people? Yeah. So the biggest thing is we're not a dating app per se. So I don't see Tinder as our competition. Uh, I, I see them as a compliment. I see Hinge as a perfect partner due to their like designed to be deleted campaign. Official really is for couples that are already together. So it's whenever you are official, that's when you join the platform. And that's kind of our thought process is the fact that we want couples to do what they want to do and we hope to help them build healthier and deeper relationships. We're not trying to set you up with someone. We're trying to keep you with the person you're with. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you think are the most important 
milestones uh, which couples are looking for uh, and how how are you connecting uh, these couples with uh, with partners and other brands are, are you looking into connecting with them yeah so we're working on some brand partnerships now right now the app is in closed beta opening into a public beta in about 2 weeks and we actually have a really awesome backend partner that provides 6 million dates and experiences around the world and we can actually plug all those into our app directly and then from there we actually let our users swipe left and right on the different dates and experiences and when they swipe right we can save it for them and then also plot that for them as well got it and uh, uh you uh, can you can you run through you know what is what is the revenue model how are you trying to optimize and uh, you know generally i've seen that you know b2c uh, uh companies do struggle with with uh, with bit of a attrition there's bit of an attrition rate happening but uh, how are you looking at uh, as uh, you know uh, uh, monetizing your your app and uh, you know are you looking into monetizing through partnerships or looking to monetizing through also uh, customers on your app yeah, so what's great about this model is there's not really much that's been done in the space. So there's okay. not that many apps designed for the couple. So we definitely think that we're going to have a pretty high customer acquisition cost, but we think relatively our retention is going to be kind of relatively high as well due to the nature of both parties being on the app. From there, we're working with a typical freemium model where we're kind of having ads if, if you don't subscribe or we're kind of allowing you to get further upgrades as well as we have the ability to sell third-party kind of dates, as well as gifts in the future on the platform, and then expanding out to there with partnerships and content. Got it. And, and Zach, how do you plan to, you know, acquire customers? What's your plan to have your first, uh, you know, thousand, hundred thousand uh, uh, first customers? Yeah. So like I said, right now we're in kind of closed beta, open alpha, and we're launching in February of 2021, right before Valentine's Day, obviously perfect time to launch. So we're really working on a few campaigns, a few different giveaways and looking at the best ways to acquire customers. I can tell you, we're already working with some influencers and we're really excited about that. So between the contest the influencer and the paid social. That's how we believe we're going to do most of our content creation as well as most of our customer acquisition. Got it. And, uh, you know, Zach, you, you also work with the uh, Rose Cliff Ventures. Uh, uh, does it really help to have a bit of a, you know, uh, experience working in, in a venture capital and then going to build, uh, build a startup? Or, you know, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely different being on the other side of the table. I can tell you it's a lot more fun fundraising when you're on the investor side. Uh, the founder side is obviously much more difficult, but I would say that it does. I'm very lucky to have had my experience in VC because it allows me to know the story that I need to tell to a degree because it also allows me to know what I need to show. I know the metrics that I need to hit. I know the specific KPIs that I need to keep track of due to the fact that I've been looking at them for the last couple of years. So it has allowed me to really grow and develop in that regard as a founder. Correct. And, uh, you know, you're also partner at uh, O-Ventures. Uh, how do you look at portfolio construction and, uh, you know, what are, what are the sectors that you're interested in? Yeah. So O-Ventures is this great concept that me and three of my good friends kind of worked with is it's a syndicate by nature that we created and the basic premise is to invest in companies where we can help as well as kind of roll up our sleeves get our hands dirty and really add value 
So we're investing in companies that we think we can hands-on help in some way, or we think is going to change the world. So our kind of philosophy is we'll look at any company, but they have to be truly special in some regard, and they have to do something different that we think can really change kind of their landscape. Yeah, I would say a lot of it. So I was lucky for that regard is the more deals you have, the more deals you get. So it's this really chicken and egg problem because you're looking to try to find the best deals, but you're also sending deals to some of your friends in the industry or some people who you think they'd be interested in. And it really just comes down to networking. The more you speak with people and the more you understand what people like, you start sending them deals, they start sending you deals, and then it just becomes kind of a web. So someone will send me a deal. If I don't like it and the founder is okay with it, I'll send it to three other people. And then it just expands from there. And then the founder gets more exposure. I get to send the deal out, which is kind of like a plus in my box. And then someone else then thinks, hey, Zach sent me a deal three weeks ago. This is right up his alley. I'll shoot this over. So that's kind of how we look at it. Got it. And, uh, you know, I wanted to understand since you, since you went to pre-seed and seed stage, uh, how important uh, does TAM play in, into, into your role uh, of evaluating startups? Do you think a team becomes more important than market? And, you know, what, what is your thesis behind that? Yeah, you know, TAM is something that I think is a great metric, but also one of the worst because everyone can define it in their own way. And most of the time people are defining it as kind of the broader market, whatever that may be, which is correct. But what I look at personally, I really look at founder over everything. If the idea makes sense, that's the first kind of logic tree. If it makes sense, move on. If it doesn't, obviously stop. And then from there, it's really just the team as one of the big deciders and kind of moving beyond that because at an early stage, the team matters more than anything. Because without a good team, without a good execution, it's not going to work. You could have the best idea in the world, but if you can't execute it, or if the team doesn't click with kind of your values, you just know that it's not a good investment off the bat. Got it. And how, how much uh, of the, uh, 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 you know, allocation should be about the reserve allocations when you're, you know, already invested into a company? Should you look at reserve allocations? 
uh, investing into uh, since you're already part of a syndicate and you have, you might have limited uh, resources or funds. Uh, do you think it makes sense to have uh, reserve allocation? So we do. We're, we're lucky in the fact that a lot of our investments are safe notes in, in nature. Yeah. So that does buy us some time because when they convert, then we'll have another kind of round before that in order to really get that money again. And we can reassess and re-see which of our portfolio companies make the most sense and which ones we really do want to reinvest in. And we have allocation and we have reserves to invest in those companies. Got it. And, and do you have any favorite uh, you know, investment that you've made uh, over the years, which, uh, uh, which you, know, you would want to talk about and uh, which is uh, outdated whatever uh, you know, uh, investments that you've done before? I would say probably my favorite is one that I'm closing now. So unfortunately, I can't really talk about it. But I would say all of the companies that we've invested in so far, we really believe strongly in, some of which are pre-launch right now. Others are in the market. And we really, really believe in everything that we invest in. Otherwise, we don't think there's a point. We think there's enough capital out there where almost anyone can raise money right now. So we really are trying to be selective with the companies we invest in. And we think everyone really could be a winner. Got it. Uh, Zach, I want to, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, talk about official, uh, I wanted to understand, you know, who are the competitors uh, in your space and, uh, you know, what what are some of the new features that you plan to launch, uh, uh, trying, to, trying to do before your launch? Yeah, so I would say definitely the biggest one is Cobble. They recently raised money uh, a couple weeks ago. Definitely really interesting app. Definitely love it. And we have a lot of similarities. So I would say they are our biggest competitor in nature. I've seen a few others try as well. Uh, there's, a, there's a few different areas in the relationship space. There's the, what are we gonna do tonight? There's the communication silo. And then there's the therapy. And we're trying to be kind of this mix of all of the above in order to really capture everything. So we decided not to focus on therapy to begin with because we wanted to kind of do more of the fun things and bring people closer together and then expand into that, keep them together as well. And then we find therapy to be that last point that we do eventually plan to expand into. But for our initial initial V1, we don't think we're going to have it. Some future features that we're really kind of really excited about is our gamification of the app. So we actually allow couples to earn rewards for things they're already doing, which we think is a great way to do it. We actually built out some smart contracts on the blockchain and really allowed everything to tie together. So when a couple buys a date through us, they get what's called hearts on our platform, which is our internal currency, which they can use to get discounts on future dates. So that's something we haven't found any of our competitors doing because it's just something that is a little unique to what we're doing. Not the craziest thing in the world, not the newest thing in the world, but it's something where we think allows couples to have a little bit more buy-in in what they're doing. And we're excited to really allow them to do more. Got it. And uh, uh, you mentioned about, about therapy. Uh, uh, is, is it, uh, are you looking at self-help market to, to tap into? And uh, are you also looking to expand into other uh, would you want only want to focus on couples or do you want also want to you know look at look at other sectors going forward yeah so we look at we look at official initially as an app for couples and beyond that we look at it as an app for your relationships 
So whatever your relationships may mean, whether it's your, your relationship with yourself, your family, your friends, all of our relationships can be a little bit better, whatever that may mean to the person. So our goal is really at the end of the day to improve and allow you to do more things that you enjoy doing and really broaden those relationships, whatever they may be. We're targeting couples to start. We're gonna see how that goes. If it goes well, then we're gonna launch our second product which would be towards friends. And then our third product we think would probably be towards self and then towards family. So those are what we're looking at right now. And we're seeing how the initial one does before we continue to expand. Got it. And, uh, you know, since, since you were uh, into beta launch, are you also looking to raise funding and expand into other areas other than, uh, uh, you know, US market? Yeah. So, you know, like I said before, it's a lot more fun being an investor than a founder in that regard. So raising my first round, it's been a great experience so far. And looking to kind of expand the product around the world, we're going to start in the U.S., start on iPhone. And then once we launch, we'll have Android as well, because you need Android to expand globally. And we're lucky that our backend platform and our third-party providers are global. So from day one, when we launch, you could open this around the world and it would work. We just want to make sure that before we really go public in different places, that we have enough content to support the people, as well as all, enough features to really get them to buy in. We haven't done enough research on different cultural differences in specific areas as to what makes the most sense and what feature set really works the best here versus there. So we think that we're going to start here and then really expand because relationships are a human thing. They're a global thing. And it's something that we know everyone around the world can kind of benefit from. All right. Uh, Zach, I quickly want to do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? Uh, my favorite business book? It would probably be Zapp, Z-A-P-P exclamation point. It was a book from, I want to say 1970 and short book, but it was a great book about management. And it was something that kind of I read when I was younger that always really stood with me. Nice. I think this is the first time uh, somebody has talked about this book. Uh, I'll definitely research and we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, Zach, if you could go back in time when you started working uh, on a product uh, and you know got into startups, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? Probably focus a little bit more on the marketing plan and really honed in on exactly everything that we were going to be. I think initially we thought we were going to be one thing. And then after talking about it with some advisors, we became something else. And it really expanded and grew. And I think we're at a perfect point, but I think we could have got there a little bit earlier if we thought about the exact demographic that we initially wanted to go after. Got it. And, and you have any favorite online tools, example, uh, uh, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? Uh, I would say Rocket Reach. I would say that has been my best friend, whether it's been in VC or as a founder. Rocket Reach is something that allows you to find basically anyone's email. And it really allows you to just outreach better than a cold LinkedIn. Got it. And uh, now what's, a, what's the best way people can reach out to you and, and, and know more about official? Yeah. So I would just say reach out and either join our beta, beta list at uh, getofficial.co or just reach out to me personally, Zach at getofficial.co, Z-A-C. Nice. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Zach, uh, uh, thank you so much for taking your time and speaking to us and, and best wishes for, for the launch in February. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast. 
where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.